There she is. Miss, Miss America. America. <laughs> All right. Well, starting off with a bang, we are, y'all. Welcome, Welcome to Rome, a, a podcast for Zennials. Oh, yes. Um, I was looking at the date um, right before I signed on. Um, and uh, this coming weekend is kind of like the one year anniversary of like lockdown for us here in LA. Right. We have been in COVID for a year. Yeah. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm starting to like have fantasies about what I get to do after I'm vaccinated. You know what I'm thinking about though? Like what, how, okay. <laughs> what kind of crazy insanity would we be living in though? Like if we hadn't created a vaccine by now, I was just starting to think about it. That's a terrible, terrible thing to think about. What a terrible thing to think about. But like, it wasn't out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, I think... I mean, I think there would just be a lot more people dying because people are so... They're so done being careful. They're so done giving a shit. Like, people are just... Yeah. I think the biggest thing that like... Our, our country had such a hard time figuring out and clearly other countries did figure this out like Australia, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, it is a smaller country, but still, um, we never figured out how to live with it. We, well, Americans are very bad at that in general. Right? Like, like we're very fucking entitled. And binary, like, cause we, like the country gave, mm. we gave ourselves two options to be fully open or to be fully closed. And <laughs> the discussion was never any, any like, was never part of a spectrum. Yeah, and it's where I, you know, we're, it's interesting because in terms of like, the the amount of time that our country has been a country, right? Basically makes us a teenager. Yeah, we're such adolescents, aren't we? We're such a fucking teenager. Like, we're such assholes. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to. Like, I'm not going to because I don't want to. And you can't make me learn science. I'm not going to. I don't believe you. Like, oh, like, I feel like everybody's just like, oh, but what if it's not? But what if it's not? But what are you? Right? Like, God, like, we're such fucking idiots. It's so embarrassing. It is. Wait, so how old is Europe then? Are they adults or are they geriatrics? No, I mean, I think I think they're like older. Europe, Europe seems very boomery right now, right? Right. So that makes the Middle East grumpy old men, racist grumpy. Yeah, old or maybe, maybe, or maybe they've just come back around, right? Like they've like come back around to childhood. Yeah, it's interesting because like the civilization's very old, but a lot of those countries are are newer, right? Because yeah, like that's people, true. the some, some things split off and some things become well, other they, things, and they they redrew all the lines on the map after World War II. Right. So that's an interesting proposition. Listen, I'm not saying the metaphor doesn't fall apart somewhere. <laughs> but I was curious because I was like, hmm, yeah. It's, it's, it's now that we're sort of talking on Europe and tangenting here, um, it's been interesting to see some of the news coverage of the Meghan Markle Oprah in, interview and, uh, but also see like how we're covering it versus they're covering it. Well, but also like, there's a part of me like, why are we covering it at all? <laughs> not, not, not that like, it's not like there are, how do I say this? Like, it's not, not an important story, but like. But also, is it an important story? No. 
Right. Like yes. I, I, I empathize with her situation, but this is not news. And listen, absolutely, right? Like kudos to fucking them for, and it's it's news in the way that we make everything that happens to celebrities news, yeah. right? Everything that celebrities do is news, even when it's not fucking news. And to be fair, the the fact that someone who is a member of the royal family is stating blatantly that the royal family and Britain is racist is maybe a little bit news because like just saying it out like that like it's like everybody fucking knew right but like saying it out like that is kind of a big deal um and it's true England like yeah you're fucking racist of course you are you're the original colonialists. Yeah, you're fucking racist. Like, duh. You're the you're the shitty original white people we all came from. <laughs> you're racist, and the Norwegians are racist. The like Finns are racist, and like the whole fucking most of the planet is fucking racist. Okay, like probably everybody actually is racist against somebody because it's you know we're people and we're kind of stupid and we're you know it's taken us a while to evolve. So, like, part of this is that you have to acknowledge your shit, right? Yeah. England, you have to acknowledge your shit. But also you have to acknowledge that the monarchy is stupid. <laughs> like, I know they're real attached to it. And, like, that's, it's sweet and that's nice. And, like, oh, you have a princess. But it is a really expensive, unnecessary thing that y'all have. Well, look, it's fun to think about. And if that's how Britain wants to spend their money, <laughs> then that is up to them. Well, sure. It's just like, if it, it, it would be like if taxpayers funded the Kardashians. But we do fund presidents. Yes, but presidents have jobs. True. I mean, one could argue the queen has a job. I mean, she's a Which is what? She's a spokesperson. She's a, she's in essence a mascot. Okay, well, she's a very highly paid mascot. Yes. Right. So I I I feel like that's pretty similar to being a celebrity, right? Yeah. She's like a celebrity spokesperson for the UK. Yeah. And she's incredibly highly paid for that. Yes. Um, right. And listen, there's a lot of traditionalism to it and whatever, but at the end of the day, like people were being shitty to her and people were being racist and like that shit killed his mom. Yeah. And I think it's frankly fucking awesome that he was like, well, guess what assholes? You're not taking my wife too. And y'all can fuck off with all this Royal shit. I don't care. I like a feisty little brother. How did Kate Middleton escape this? Or maybe she's escaping this because it's all been focused on Meghan Markle. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like, Kate can do no wrong and Megan can do no right. Yeah. And why do we think that is? Uh, so, uh, tragically, mm. WandaVision ended. Mm -hmm. I It's super hard for me because it has been the first show in a minute. So, like, since Ted Lasso, mm -hmm. it... I haven't been as super into anything. I mean, I don't know. Like, we enjoyed the morning show. I thought that was very good. Um, but it is a lot heavier of a show, right? Like, it's not as much fun to watch, obviously. Um, so, like, I did not, it did not, it did not bring me joy in the same way that, like, Ted Lasso did and WandaVision did, right? Like, I'm so happy with New Marvel. Right. Um, and then it was over. And it was a little, oh. Yeah, it was just kind of like, hmm. Huh, yeah, that huh. was very much how you felt at the end of it. It was like, huh, okay. Uh, 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 okay, well, that's all right. I guess so that's I the think, end. I wonder, I wonder if we're just so conditioned with the movies that there's such a buildup to the climax that there's sort of that release, that relief at the end of it. And it didn't really feel finished in a way. Like. Right, that's what I mean. Like, I think it is like, 
and and I think I, I it's interesting because I to me that's not necessarily I think it was surprising. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably, this is intentional, right? Because the story that you're telling is, is subverted from how things normally go, right? Right. So what we think we're watching and then it, what it turned out we were watching were two different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and they played with that a lot, right? Like you literally think you're watching- yeah. yeah, literally and figuratively, right? So you think you're watching the show. Um, spoiler alerts for lots of WandaVision, by the way, guys. Yeah. If you have not finished the series, then please stop listening to us right now and come back when you've done. Also, <laughs> go watch WandaVision. What the hell are you doing? Go watch WandaVision. Anyways. So... They, you know, they play with it a lot, like the whole thing of like where you see the video and it looks like she's busting in to go vi- get Vision's body. And then it turns out that that wasn't really what happened. Right. So like you think you're getting this story that Wanda comes back. She fights Thanos. She's in such grief. She goes to get Vision. She's built this little world for herself. And little piece by little piece, you realize that like, well, fucking first of all, Agnes is like a whole thing. We didn't realize that shit was going on. And then also actually like shit, she has like fucking trapped all of these people in here and they're miserable yeah like they're drowning in her grief they're miserable they can't get to their own families like they can't and she doesn't and like, really care yeah and and she doesn't really care and i think that is that is the story they were telling right the story that they're telling is this is a person who has become consumed by her own grief. Yes. She is allowing her grief to consume her and turn into rage and turn into this awful thing. It is changing her because yep. she is not allowing it. She she's not allowing it. She's not I allowing it through the to process. Go. Yeah, she's not going through the process. You know, if, if you if you think about the various stages of grief, um she gets She's, you know, she's dealing with all of them except for acceptance. Right. Is it that there were like episodes where like, yeah. oh, that's what she's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like, right. And this one is uh, bargaining and this one is accept. Yeah. I mean, this one yeah. is depression and right. Like she and obviously went the finale is acceptance. Yeah. But then she didn't do acceptance. She yeah. was like, oh, I'm going to let go. And it's like, it, they like, it's like a false flag, right? Because yeah. it seems like she's doing acceptance. Yeah. She's going, oh, you know, I thank you for choosing me to be your moms. And there's this very sad scene where she's saying goodbye to the kids and she's saying goodbye to Vision. And it's really sad, right? Like I was genuinely crying. Like it's heartbreaking. And then she swoops in with her hood up and, and it's not, she doesn't, she doesn't say like, I was wrong and I'm so sorry. And I, you know, I'm taking, she didn't, she didn't, she was just like, all right, well, peace y'all. That was oh, and by the way, by the way, I'm taking the jar cold with me. <laughs> Bye y'all. Yeah. Like I, I just, the whole episode, like I almost was like, okay, when's the, okay. Okay. When's the apology is going to be, uh, oh, the the apology's not coming mm-hmm. right and i think it's because this is her heel turn right like this is and 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 not i don't know that she's necessarily going to turn into a villain right but that, like the idea of her and maybe she is actually like maybe she's going to be a, a straight up villain or maybe it's just that like her in her search for her children that she's willing to wreak havoc she's willing to use the chaos magic and she does not care what havoc she wreaks right she does not care what she destroys in the meantime and that that's sort of how she fits into dr strange right is that she's destroying the fabric of reality searching for these children that essentially she has manifested so i think i think there's a bigger question afoot here um Mm. in in Mm. in us thinking about the marvel cinematic or maybe just the Marvel universe in general, not just cinematic, the Marvel universe. And to what end are they using the series? Um, Because it's, it's, 
it's almost like they're using this series while poignant mm. to get from a point A to a point B. Oh, right. They definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, I think it's interesting to consider. So. And, and telling, has, and telling that this is a limited series. There's not like a WandaVision 2. Right. There's no season two. These, these are like mini series, right? right? It's their limited series. Like they're coming out. That's all they're going to be. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to consider. So COVID messed up the original order that things were supposed to come out in. Right. So WandaVision was not supposed to be first. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Disney plus show to come out. Um, and then I believe that either Loki or Hawkeye, one of the two of them was supposed to come before WandaVision and that WandaVision was supposed to come out right before you got the Doctor Strange movie, which is what it lines up with. Um, and okay. so I, I think that, you know, that connection may have, may have, may have made it a, a little bit easier, right? That like, mm -hmm. if you went right to the next thing that it's involved in, as opposed to having to wait. Right. I, but it's also interesting to think about, you know, I don't know if you can do that exploration of grief that they did in WandaVision in a movie, the way, like the, how they did it. Mm-hmm, right. So it's, it's interesting. They're able to dive deeper into certain things and actually like start to get, you know, metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's not just about like cool superheroes. Um, yeah. But also it's a, it's a bridge to the next thing. Right. They're like, if that, if, if the Disney plus series don't exist, right. But then you still need to tell that story for Wanda. Then you tell that story in, in, in four scenes, right? Like you have to figure out how to tell that story. Um a lot faster and so this way you're able to make it a lot deeper and able to give us much more of a sense of how that really played out for her well and i think to your point though the series is able to make it more complex mm -hmm. we don't know if wanda's a villain or not we don't mm -hmm. we don't have to make that decision if she was in a movie and they mm -hmm. told this story it becomes a more binary choice i think Right. Yeah. That like they don't have the time to, to do all the nuance of it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, essentially, like that comes down to like, why is it that I like television better? <laughs> right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That television offers you the opportunity um, and really even in limited series. Right. That it offers you this opportunity to tell the story in more more fully. Yeah. Right. So you could tell that story in a movie. You could. Um, but that it would be it it wouldn't it wouldn't give you all of it wouldn't give you everything that you got. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you could tell that WandaVision this WandaVision story in a movie the same way. I don't think they would because yeah. I don't think they would make that. I don't think they would give her a whole I don't, movie I don't think to it's tell this story. Enough for a movie, but it's absolutely right. interesting enough as an exploration in what nine episodes, however many. It right. Was. Yeah. And and right that there's there's something to the idea that like we're 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 more willing for that in a TV show, maybe. I don't. What um, is that? Like, what is that? What guys? What is that? <laughs> What's all this about? Um, What's happening? Tell me everything. I here's my theory. Okay, mm, getting comfy. Yeah, getting comfy. Um, so I think that the idea of it's 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 partially about that thing of being at home, right? Mm -hmm. And so it it's a more intimate setting, and then we are conditioned. So even TV that shows up, like even now that we like binge stuff, right? Like we, we're conditioned from years of watching TV over time that like if you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer when it was on, you spent seven years of your life with those people, right? Mm -hmm. 
Right. If you watched Friends for the entirety of its run, you spent a decade of your life with those people. I spent a decade of my life with the Friends people, I'm right? Sorry. I watched it from the time I was 12 until I was 22. Wow. Like those are, that's a really formative time, right? Like that is, it's the idea that like, you feel like you know people who are on TV in a way that you never would and MCU does that a little bit differently because it is serious because the whole, you know, however many movies are serialized. So we have spent a decade with Steve Rogers and with right. Thor and with. But we haven't seen, yes, but because it's movies, we see them in slices of life in, in like as opposed to like developmental growth. Right, and there's not as much time for everyday things, right? So, yeah. like, TV series are more frequently have everyday kind of settings, right? Like, you get you get moments where characters are eating breakfast or taking a shower or, like, just sitting and talking with friends or playing with their dog, or right? That you get, they're driving to work. You know, that's, that's, that's interesting because I'm also thinking about our drama lit class back in college. <laughs> and, you know, one thing they talked about a lot in theater, and I think it's the same for movies, but not TV, is this play is about the day things changed. Right. This movie is about the day the world almost ended. Right. But this TV show is about what happened at lunch with the same friends I see every day. Right. And they're like, oh, this is what changed today. And next week when you watch it, oh, that's what changed that day. And this is what I'm dealing with the next week. And so you have to evolve as a character and it's like, more in a good show. Right. Yeah. And you can you can have you can have a character evolve from the beginning of a movie to the end of a movie. Right. Sure. But it is harder to get the emotional impact of that in two hours than it is in ten. Right. Like it, or even it, in five, which is what WandaVision ended up being up by the end, right? Like yeah. so. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. <laughs> um, so does that mean Falcon and Winter Soldier start next week? Um, <laughs> yes, I think they do. Oh. So that's also curious. Are they just like, are we just getting one right after the other? Like there's not going to be two going at once. We're just going to be watching one at a time. Yeah, they're just one at a time. They're dragging them out um, because they're only making six. So um, I believe both What If and Loki are coming this summer. And I don't know off the top of my head which one is first, but uh, both of those are coming this summer. And then... Um, Hawkeye will be after that and then they have not started production on Ms. Marvel or Moon Knight but those are coming after that which are introducing new characters okay. so my theory is that they're setting up the like uh, Teen Avengers they have a different name they're not actually called Eternals. Teen Avengers uh, what? Eternals? no no Eternals is a different thing oh. um, no well, that there all some, of there's the Marvel Runaway series Runaways Right. I, I think they canceled that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, that like they're, I think they're setting up for them to introduce the young characters who are going to be like led by Peter Parker. He's going to be like, he'll be Iron Man. And then you're right. going to have Ms. Marvel. And I think Wanda's kids are going to show up as teenagers. It'll also be interesting to see how they weave or don't weave in X-Men at the now that the property is back with Disney. Right. Yeah, it will be interesting. My guess is, is that they they seem to have the next like a little handful plotted out, like they're plotted out for the next five years. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is that they're going to, they, they won't bring X-Men in until the end of that um, you know, it's like the way that they're also p- seem to be positioning it is sort of like X-Men is some kind of like legacy brand. So it's like, it's not not in the universe, but it's still kind of separate. 
Right. That like they may be able to. Yeah, they may be able to bring in like nods to it or like have the actors drop in sometimes. And that can be funny. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think I think it's possible that so like. I know in the comics that uh, Scarlet Witch at one point got rid of mutants. So it's possible that she she could, right. That they could have her, they could have her make mutants instead somehow, or like some sort of something that happens with Dr. Strange, like creates, right. right? Cause at this point we don't know that there are mutants or that they have been created in this universe. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's also curious. Cause you know, now that, the last X-Men movie did so poorly and was so bad. Um, You know, are they going to take this opportunity to like restart it and just negate what's been created? Um, Probably. I mean, I think that would be the smartest thing to just give them. Right. Cause at this point they've made, they've actually made two series and neither one of them have aged well so like the first one in both series was all right I mean it wasn't like you know awesome but it was fine it was good it was enjoyable um and then they got progressively worse after that Uh, what are you talking about the x-men series oh so there was the first x-men series with the movies Yes, the movies. Yeah. So good old Hugh Jackman back in like uh, you, 2000. You said series and I got confused. Sorry. Well, they were series of movies. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, sorry. I, I see how that was confusing. You know, poor, poor Brian Singer. He was a great director of the X-Men movies. Turned out he, he needed to go deal with some personal issues. So, Well, yeah. I mean, and again, like I think great is a bit of a stretch. Like right, those, good. The first couple yeah. were good. The first couple were good. But you still run into some really bad, like, I don't know. There's some really bad, like, puns, and it's not... They're also of its time, though, too. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. Like, for the time, it was a good movie. Um, We watched it recently, and it is a little... It is a little funny. Um, Did you know Joss Whedon wrote that one? I did not. The first X-Men? Yeah, the first X-Men movie. I did not. It, I didn't either, but then now watching it, I'm like, oh, well, sure he did. (laughs) This sounds like Joss. Yeah. Um, Right. And I like, I get what he was going for here. It just didn't, it didn't translate. Like it didn't have, he did, cause he didn't direct it. So it didn't have the like sarcasm that he, Right. right. So like, it was this very earnest, like Storm thinks she's delivering this withering line to the toad dude about you know do you know what happens to a frog when it gets hit by lightning the same thing that happens to everything else and it's this very serious fucking line that she oh, delivers that's not how jo- it, it, knowing that it's right? Joss, that's not uh, how you wrote how it though wrote it. <laughs> no like because you can see buffy you can see it's buffy like, pulling off that line like mm, the same thing that happens to everything else yes exactly right like you can see buffy pulling off that line but bless Halle berry she couldn't do it so um yeah and then the ones that they did with uh James and Michael. Yeah. Right. And Jennifer. Why can't yeah. I come up with anybody's last name? McAvoy, right Lawrence, and Fastbender. Yay! Fastbender. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I never remember names. I did it. Actually, Thank the days, days of Future Past was pretty good. Right. And that was the first one. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. And then the second one was not good. And then the yeah. third one was very, very bad. Well, you know, it's interesting because the Marvel Universe doesn't look at these movies as sequels. Like, they look at them as serialized. And I wonder if that's why they keep getting better. Like, a TV show gets better sometimes with time. Mm-hmm. And so, but with the X-Men, they think of them as sequels. Right. Well, and listen, like I, it is just, I really, really genuinely think that I, I've got to believe that Kevin Feige really knows what he's doing. Clearly, because they've also yeah. now put him in charge, not only of Marvel, but he's consulting on um, Star Wars franchise. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, if he's, if he's anything like the nerds I know, then he was like, oh God, please let me help you try to fix the fucking shit you've done to Star Wars. That's so interesting what happened there because that that was like it was set up for greatness and then like 
I don't. Well, and it's so weird because like I, so Star Wars is not like hugely my thing, right? Like, but the the original movies, right? Mm -hmm. Four, five, and six. Yeah. The the Han Solo movies. Yeah. Are very good movies. Yes. But they're not fucking complicated. No. Like it's not fucking complicated, guys. There are good guys. They were white. There are bad guys. They were black, except for their minions, which also technically were white. But like, there's a good guy and a bad guy. There's light and fucking dark, and it you was blow very- up some spaceships. Yeah, it was very clearly, this is a good versus bad in space movie. And what happened is that fucking J.J. Abrams is just obsessed with his own fucking genius. He's like so up his own fucking ass, I think, that like he just needs everything to be like a fucking trick. Like if the story you tell is just that here's this fucking girl who's like a desolate on a fucking desolate planet or whatever, the the idea that there is a stormtrooper who could like gain his consciousness back and decide to fight is fucking interesting, right? Like that is fucking interesting. You put him with this girl, you give them the adorable soccer ball, they go off and find the hot fighter pilot. All of that is fine, right? Mm -hmm. But then like you've done this weird thing where like, now, are the, the good guys are now the bad guys and the, the good guys are trying to do what the bad guys were trying to do in the last movies and all of a sudden we have, are these the good guys that look like the fucking Nazis and like, what's happening? I don't understand anymore. Like, wait, what? I, 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 I don't fully agree with you. Um, I think episode seven, so the first of the last, mm-hmm. it's all very confusing. Um, but, sure, um, yeah. The terminology of this is terrible, but yeah. yes, we'll we'll refer think, to them I in numerical was, order. You did an excellent job of being like giving the fans what they wanted in that episode in that movie. Um, you thought the fans wanted emo sorry, Kylo sorry, Ren to sorry. murder Han Solo? No, no, no. He, they first of all. These stories were already written. Like they're not new stories. George Lucas wrote all of them already. I, I'm sure they I'm, they clearly updated scripts, but like the stories have been done. So like four, five, and six were written, or six, seven, eight had already been like written years ago. Like there are books about it. Like published books. Well, yeah, but there's a bunch of published books. Like there's all kinds of publishers that are official. Sure, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, but I mean it doesn't though. Like it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like from a not hardcore Star Wars, someone who enjoys Star Wars, but I'm not a hardcore fan. It was an overall enjoyable movie. Did we want Han Solo to die in that first one? No, but it was an overall like solid film. It just got it. To your point, though, I think it did get like more complicated and than it needed to be in eight and nine. Right, and again, right, like I agree with you. Seven was not terrible, right? Yeah. Seven is not terrible, but then, then you kept dragging it, right? Like, it's possible you could have redeemed that, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe if eight and nine had been spectacular, but eight and nine got progressively worse. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember how it ended at this point, but I was just like, really? That's it? That's how you're ending nine movies? Right, and like, and like a 40-year a journey that like every, that like has this incredible fan base and a lot of lore to it. And, and, and it, you know, it just wasn't necessary. Like you didn't have to, I feel like people... And JJ, partic- I, he he falls victim to this a lot, right? Like it's how he ruined Lost. Yeah. Is like he gets too involved with the idea of like, oh, misdirection, and they're never going to see what's coming, and like, oh, we're going to surprise them. And it's like, in the if you think about like the first, the original Star Wars, right, four, five, and six, mm-hmm. there is nothing that happens in that shit that's a surprise. Like, that's just a normal fucking, like, 
the, you know, the, the small surgeons until you get to the, I am your father. That right, part right. was a surprise. Uh, I was about to say like, right. Okay. right. I like until you get to that part, that's a surprise. But otherwise, like, you're just like, do, do, do. Like, I expect what's happening in these movies to be what's happening think, in these movies. I think so then you, except for the part that, where they thought they didn't know that they were brother and sister. And so they that, th- this gets in though to like a more philosophical conversation of like what genre Star Wars is in. Go because, on. Because like if Star Wars is an epic adventure. Then, mm-hmm. then, like, the fact that, like, you kind of can predict what's going to happen is not a problem. But right. if it's going to be considered more sci-fi, then that misdirection is more of a thing. That the twist and turns and everything is connected and all the coincidences of the thing. Right. And I would argue that, like, if you're talking about the original three, four, five, and six, that... Adventure. They are epic adventures. That is the nature of the of those movies. But I think one, two, and three made people think, well. I mean, they did poorly. Yeah. In a terrible racist fashion. Well, and I think that's why George Lucas ended up being put out. Right. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Like that went very badly. Yeah. For everyone except Ewan McGregor, who was just like, yes, I will cash this check. Thank you. And he's going to cash another one because apparently he's coming back in something. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, see, this is my friend Brad pointed this out recently that it was a genius move for him because he can play that character until he gets to be older than Alec Guinness was. And he's probably never going to get to. I mean, Alec Guinness was old as shit when he did those original movies. So he can just keep playing that character forever. He just grows right into it. So I think I read something somewhere that Hugh McGregor really hated doing the movies. I mean, you can tell. He looks fucking miserable. <laughs> that is the unhappiest fucking actor I have ever seen. I don't know. Trying Who to- knew we were going to be such nerds, honey? I know, right? <laughs> it's really funny. We were talking about it. We, we had a family dinner um, on Sunday night and we were talking about the MCU and my mom was asking me questions. She was getting all excited. My mom loves the MCU. She's super into it. And my brother looked up from across the room and he goes, if you had told 10 year old me that weed was going to be legal and Trent Reznor would have won an Oscar and my mom was going to be into comic books, I would not have believed you. Yeah, that is really true. <laughs> you know, it's really sad. Like, my family is just not into, like, anything. Anything. Your family is not into anything. Y'all are so waspy. You can't be into anything other than, like, tennis. It's so My grandmother, depressing. like, this is why I'm my grandmother's son. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's into things. She loved, like, her classic movies. She loved Turner classic movies. Mm-hmm. You know, she was into things. I, I like my like I, other than like hockey and tennis and golf like and watching sports other sports like I couldn't tell you what my family's into like if there's a thing like we talk like yeah it's very sad like we don't really go to the movies like I have to drag my dad to the movies if we go oh my god my grandmother has just gotten her second shot and she like you know, she's, she's, she's getting on up there. So like, she needs a little help to get around, like, especially in the dark and what, like she cannot go to the movies by herself and she is bugging the crap out of my dad already. Like she like has the date that he's going to be like his his vaccine will all kick in, like circled on her calendar to be like, this is when I can go to the movies. Um, Yeah. Like it's her favorite thing in life. It's interesting. I was hearing, there was a lot of talk on cable news today. I, I have, I have, been staying away from MSNBC because I realized how like overly dramatic they are about everything in comparison to like, I I generally agree with their their viewpoints. They're a little more left than I am, but also like they're over dramatizing everything. And while CNN gets super repetitive, like they're just sort of reporting the news with a little bit of a slant. Oh, see, that's really funny because I still feel like CNN, I think you're just, your sense of it is so warped that like if CNN doesn't seem dramatic to you, then like that's cable news, man. 
Like I also, you're also basing dramatic. it. You're also basing it on January sixth. Do you watch CNN regularly, though? I do not watch CNN regularly. Um, although I do. I mean, you know, you see it in places, right? So, like, I still think, I still think that they are dramatic. But you're right that, like, I, I don't have a huge CNN movie. is a lot less. Oh, much. Less. It's a lot more centered. Yeah, than very center true. Than MSNBC is for sure. Yeah, for like, sure. They'll give credit to thoughts from the right or and report it, but like report it, not right. comment. Um, anyway, that said, uh, it, the CDC guidelines for people with the vaccine came out and mm-hmm. there's a big hoopla, if you will, about people still not traveling. And uh, a lot of the commentators were saying they actually think that they're going to continue to update those guidelines as we go along, but like they're based on guidelines based on how much of the population is vac- vaccinated right now. And like, we're kind of getting into a spring break thing and we're still trying to make sure that people don't travel. Like, Right, yeah. They're trying to make sure that everybody doesn't go buck wild in South Beach. That's what they're trying to make sure is not happening. There's also a surge will actually hinder the vaccine rollout because if you get COVID, you have to wait a certain amount of time till you can get the vaccine after you're done with it. Yeah, they said 90 days here yep. because um, yeah, like somebody I work with it has to wait 90 days before yep. they can get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a long time. So like it'll screw everything up. Well, and the, the, like last year, spring break was such a problem, right? Like. I mean, all of the kids like who are like on the news being problem. like, I don't care about COVID, I'll make out with the stranger. Oh, I miss your dad's so proud, strangers. honey. What? I miss making out with strangers. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I don't have a like, not a voyeur. It's not voyeur. It's a, I'm not like a, sh- person who likes to like exhibitionist thank you i'm not an exhibitionist except when it comes to making out at a bar Mm -hmm. i really like making out at bars well okay i mean sure (laughs) i mean that's really all there is to say about it next topic hey megan What are you up about this week? I am going to be real honest. I am whelmed about not much except the weather. I'm really, 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 really grateful that it seems that winter is done with us. I'm going to knock on some wood right now. Maybe <laughs> knocking on wood winter. Um, so you are overwhelmed as it were? I am overwhelmed by the arrival of a warmer weather. We were able to have a socially distanced campfire hang, bonfire, I don't know, we had a fire pit. It wasn't really all that exciting, but we got to have some people over in the backyard and we grilled out and we had a fire pit over the weekend. Um, And it was just, it's just so nice to like see people and talk to people and not be sitting in front of the TV. Honestly, like I need a little bit of a break from the TV, man. I I saw something at, advertised i think recently i was very confused by it but it was a smokeless fire pit and i was like i don't how how, how? does that work it must be gas powered maybe. right maybe because like a gas fire right like but like a gas flame doesn't doesn't yeah. produce smoke so really no right yeah I don't know. I remember this is very random, but uh, my great aunt had a smokeless ashtray, which oh. just basically was an ashtray that had like a little vacuum on it. We had one of those in our apartment. Uh, well, I imagine it worked about as well as the uh, the one my great aunt had, which was to say not at, not all. at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not at mm-hmm. all. No. Nope. I, I remember like yeah, it was during that time when, like, it had gone from, like, smoking was acceptable. Like, it was going from acceptable to not cool anymore. Sure. And a lot of the bars sure. started installing those, like, instead of the smoke ashtrays. Let me like, tell you of a time where we have some young listeners. 
I do know we have a few very young listeners. So oh. young people, let me tell you of a time in which you could smoke a cigarette inside of McDonald's. Oh. In Tennessee, at least. <laughs> you, could, you could smoke a cigarette in a McDonald's in Tennessee when I was getting out of college. Oh, no. There was like a smoking section in the McDonald's. I mean, like in small towns, not in my town, but in small mm-hmm. towns, there still was. Smoking. Oh my God. That was such a thing. Oh my God. That is such a thing that Xennials remember that millennials probably don't. (laughs) When you could smoke inside places? Well, no, when you'd get to a restaurant and you got asked. Oh, sure. Smoking or non-smoking sections in restaurants. How how did we ever think that that worked? It's, it was still all smoking. (laughs) Right? Like if you're inside a building and anyone is smoking, everyone is smoking. But towards the end, they basically like had these sort of like your grandma's smokeless ashtray. They had them <laughs> in like the smoking sections, though, that was supposed to like help suck up the. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It did not work. No, not really. And um, also like what a waste of money all those restaurants spent on those things that like, you know, they used for a couple of years. Right. Yeah. Gross. Well, see, so sometimes, I think most of the time, progress, right? We're making some progress. As <laughs> Comes in steps. We're making some progress. It is slow, but. Because I also think about like how much my high school spent on wiring the campus for Ethernet. Oh. When like five to 10 years later, we'd all be wireless. Yeah, that's rough. Rap. Yeah. Ethernet. Good times. <laughs> yeah. We were having a conversation over the when we were hanging out over the weekend with uh, one of the young people I know who listens to, and we were all explaining to her about how phones worked. What? <laughs> well, because you know th- there was a phone. Like landlines. Yeah, like oh. in your kitchen, or like when somebody else would get on the phone, and you'd be like, "Mom, I'm on the phone. Get up." <laughs> right (laughs) yeah and then you had to push the buttons or like sometimes even back before that you had to dial the buttons right you had to dial the number Uh, and let it roll all the way back (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were we were blowing our mind it was real upsetting had to explain pay phones and call and collect Oh my god! I was talking about that thing you used to do, where like you were at the mall and you call your mo- you call your mom collect and be like, "It's me, I'm ready to get picked up," and it like where you're supposed to say your name and then you just hang yep. up and she come get you. So, oh, uh, we I didn't have that, but um, it got to the point where they had a, my grandparents had enough of the grandchildren calling them collect that they also like you could also start getting your own one eight hundred number. Oh. So my my grand- dad had a one eight hundred number at work, so yeah, yeah they had an eight hundred number, so I could call them from the payphone at boarding school. Yeah. <laughs> what a world! I know. Now you have a computer in your pocket, and, and there were some things that function a lot better than they do now. Well, I don't know. Maybe it just felt simpler. It just felt simpler, mm-hmm. old man. It wasn't um, really. I am not over, not under. I am just whelmed mm. about coming to America, not to be confused with coming to America. Um, gotcha. Uh, the sequel came out this past weekend. Um, if you enjoyed the first one and have nostalgia for it, you will enjoy the sequel, but it's bad. Gotcha. Is John Amos in it? Um, yes. Okay. I just, I love him. I don't super have feelings about Eddie Murphy. I, I, I enjoyed Eddie Murphy in the past. I feel like he's, he had an edge back then that I feel has been softened over the years. Well, certainly, yeah. Um, there's lots of like bringing back jokes from the first one to the point at the sacrifice of plot. Right. It basically feels like a whole bunch of sketches thrown in, put together. Right. Where they were like, we're going to, if we're going to make a sequel, what are all the things we have to say? 
Let's um, build a plot around those. Wesley Snipes was super enjoyable. Leslie Jones was super enjoyable. Isn't she always? Yeah. Um, though, like, Wesley Snipes, in a weird way, was giving me a little Tu Wong Fu vibes in this film, even though he was mm. definitely not in drag and was actually playing, like, a very misogynistic <laughs> African general. But, like, just his sort of, like, having, like, seeing him have fun. Right. Um... Also, like, what a gorgeous master class and beautiful African-American hairstyles. Mm. Well, and the costumes yeah. are done uh, by the famous Carolyn. Ah, I'm going to forget her last name because apparently I can't remember last names today. Oh. Um, yeah, she's she did the costumes for Black Panther. Uh, ah. She was the first African-American woman to win um, the Academy Award for costuming. Oh, great. For Black Panther, actually. Yeah, I mean, so she did a lot of famous stuff. She worked with Spike Lee a lot. And... Production value is real strong. Tons of fun cameos. Um, yeah, like, so part so of- So if you, if you want to watch something sort of stupid and whatever, then it'd yeah, be fine. lots of dick jokes. Okay, well, like, that's a, a surprise. Dick jokes. Like, it, it, it's like, oh, okay. I didn't, I, okay, we're still, like, I, I realize this is how we used to write movies. We're clearly still writing movies like this. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and for me to say there was a lot of dick jokes. Right? Yeah, that's true. That means there really was a lot. I might actually just be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about that time about that time to break That's it for mom this week. Rhyme and and end the show <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for listening you should uh come hit us up on our socials we're on instagram at whelmed podcast or facebook at whelmed with megan and chad and come talk to us about all of the things that and love and fantasy and sci-fi and right like nerd out with us about comic book movies or just tell us what else we should be talking about help us remember other zennial things that we've forgotten about whatever and you want to do and help us remember last yeah <laughs> also tell your friends about us uh we are available on pretty much every platform you can think of where podcasts are available so Thanks. I love you, honey. <laughs> what would I do without you? You never have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, boo. Bye. Bye.